Okay, let's talk, let's talk about some of the uh, Chabad customs as it pertains to um, to uh, Yom Kippur, okay? Um, so the first thing is, this is the unusual thing that we never do. At nighttime, we don't wear a talus. Uh, never. Uh, that's uh, actually in some shuls, they have a tradition to wear at nighttime, the chazan. But in Chabad, we, don't, we never wear a talus, the chazan, you know, uh, for the nighttime. Uh, but for Yom Kippur, it's different, but that's why it's important that you wrap yourself with the talus before sunset, before shkia. Uh, that means it's still the daytime. Then you can make yourself a a a bracha. You make a blessing. I mean, if you happen to come after the shkia, you can't make a blessing because you're not really doing a mitzvah if you're wrapping yourself after the shkia because it's already after the time. So you keep your talus on? Or yeah, you keep your talus on. But I'm saying with the blessing should be made before shkia so that you can, you're really fulfilling the mitzvah of tzitzit because after shkia, it's not uh, necessarily doing a mitzvah then. You can't make a bracha of, uh, of tzitzit. So therefore you should put it on and make the bracha before sunset. And um, the... Um, if there is time before they uh, they they start, um, usually um, you know we start with the Kol Nidre. They have the uh, the uh, chapters of the Tehillim. We start with in Chabad tradition. We do some Tehillim. So if there is time when you come to shul, you put on your talis, and there's some time, then you'd also say Vidui uh, and which is Ashamnu and Alchait. Uh, that's the that's the special prayer confession and the al that we do throughout the prayer. So we did it by mincha already, and we're going to do it later on during the service. But there is something to be said in the Shulchan Aruch. It discusses a lot about the timing because you want to make sure that as soon as Yom Kippur comes in, you're clean. Every time you confess, you sort of get your sins removed. And it would be, uh, in this tradition, it's also to say it an extra time, if there is time, after putting on your talus when you come to shul, to say, Ashamnu and, and Al-Khait. And this was actually the traditions of the Chabad Rebbe's. Um, in most, uh, in, in some shuls, they want to say Kol Nidre while it's daytime, but it's okay to say, Call Nidre, you know, whenever. It's not, uh, we're not particular with that. If it takes a little few more minutes, that's not a problem. We do the nine chapters of Tehillim. As you know, we did the entire Tehillim starting from Rishchodesh Elul, from the first day of Elul, through uh, Yom Kippur. So uh, we have uh, 150 chapters. So while uh, we did every day, so you did 29 times 3, which is. Um, how much is it? 20, 29 times 3 97. Is, is 97. And then you have uh, 9 times 3 is how much? 27. It's 27 together. 97, 27? I'm sorry, 87. Huh? 87 and 27? Okay, 87. What? 114. So, okay, so from, from 114 till 150. So the rest of it is spread out over, over the uh, Yom Kippur services. So the first nine chapters. So I guess you'll say nine, 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 or whatever. It'll come up to the to the amount. So you say. I mean, it's been figured out already. So you're gonna say the first nine of those are said before uh, Kol Nidre, um, and then you open up the ark, 
and you take out, uh, minimally you take out three uh, Taurus. Meaning, um, if there's more, and you want to take out more, fine, but at least take out three Taurus. Uh, and it's a considered to be a mitzvah to purchase the privilege of holding on to the first uh, Sefer Torah. And that was usually held by the Rebbe. The Rebbe would hold that Torah by the uh, prayer of Kol Nidre. Now you have uh, two uh, righteous people uh, that are uh, facing with the Sefer Torah. Uh, and what, ha- what happens is uh, they turn to the place where the Shliach Tzibur, where the one who leads the services, so these three become like a court now. Now they become like a Bet Din. So you have two of the people that take the Torah together with the Shliach Tzibur, they become like a kosher court. And what they do is, they stand with the Sefer Torah next next, next to him. And uh, he says, uh, you don't circle the bima. And you don't, he says, you don't stay with them uh, on the bima. Not sure exactly what he means. Uh, I guess someplace they have an elevated area, they have a bima, like an elevated area. So someplace they would go up. He's saying over here, uh, they just turn with the Sefer Torah to the place of the Shliach Sibur. So they're facing him, but they don't actually go up to the bima. They don't actually, they don't stand with him. Uh, but it says here, they stay close to him, but uh, they don't circle the bima, and they don't stand with him on the bima. So I have to uh, look at this up exactly what it means over here. And then you start with the first the, the chapter of Tehillim, which says, Hashem Molech Togel Oretz. And then you have a, uh, a special uh, verses in which uh, this is basically allowing to conduct the services with everybody who's in the room, with everybody who's there, which means it doesn't matter if they're righteous, not righteous, that everybody is included. And this court is sort of allowing for the this, this particular, because especially in Yom Kippur, sometimes people come to the shul, which are totally uh, new to coming, and there's are not... So we want to say everybody is included. So you say the Aldas HaMokoim, Bishiva Shalmailo, which basically you're saying... God agrees, we agree in the Beisden to pray all together. We're all here together to pray. Uh, but it's done in an undertone. It's not something that you want to make a big announcement to everybody. Oh, we're allowing everybody to pray together. You want to do it in an undertone. However, uh, the people that are sending around him, which is the court, they should hear, because this is the court. The Chazan, the leader, says it. The two people around him will form the court. So they need to hear this. And then you say the verse, Ur Zerua, one time loud. That's over there. Uh, then you say the Kol Nidre. When you say the Kol Nidre, you say it three times. But the uh, community, that they follow along in an undertone. Uh, that means that, well, the Shliach Tzibur, they say it in an undertone. So the people next to them can hear it. So there is a humming in the shul when the Shliach Tzibur says the Al-Kol Nidre. They say it along in a uh, in an undertone. Because um, basically you're annulling all your vows. and Sometimes the vow can stop you from being heard by Hashem. So you're sort of cleaning your slate of... of, 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 of uh, 
uh, any vows that you're, you're going to make, and uh, and we do the Torahs and Dorim. Then you say, "Vayomer Hashem This is from the verse. God said that I've forgiven. As you said, you say it out three times. Uh, the community says it out loud three times, and then the Ashliach uh, Tzibur, then the leader says it out three times uh, out loud. And then the Shliach Tzibur, the one who leads the services, he makes the blessing of Shechionu. He says it out with a loud voice. And the whole community says it quietly. Now, normally, on every Yom Tov, we say Shechionu when we make Kiddush. When we make Kiddush, we make a Shechionu for the holiday. But in Yom Kippur, of course, there's no Kiddush over there. There's no eating on Yom Kippur. So when do you make the Shechionu? Shechionu is for the holiday. So therefore, when the chazan makes the shechayonu, says it out loud, but each one, while he's saying it out loud, uh, each one says it uh, quietly, and you're careful to complete it before the shliach tzibur finishes it. So you say it, shliach tzibur, the leaders of the services says it slow, everybody says it in an undertone, and you finish so you can answer amen on the shechayonu that the chazan made. So the Chazan says, Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu. In the meantime, you're saying, Baruch Hashem Elokeinu, Shechiyonu, Lizman Hazeh. And when he comes to Lizman Hazeh, you say, Amen. Um, now, the announcement should be made, because the women that lit the Yom Tov, the uh, candles for uh, uh, for Yom Kippur, uh, they shouldn't make a bracha right now, because they already made a Shechiyonu, uh, when they made the, they said before they made a shechiyonu when they lit the candles earlier, and therefore they don't make a shechiyonu now. And then once you're done with that, you bring the sefer Torah back, and you close the ark. Now this year it is Shabbos, uh, Yom Kippur Shabbos. So therefore we begin the with the Kabbalat Shabbat, with the services for receiving the Shabbat, which is always a Yontav. We don't start with Luchon no, we start with Mizmor Ledovit. And that's the the usual uh, service that we do. We don't even do, we don't even do the Lechadodi, we don't do. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, I take that back. We do do. We do do Lechadodi, as we do every Yontav. We do Mizmor Ledovit, we start from there, and we go on. That's a few chapters after the beginning of the regular. We start, like we start every Yom Tov and every Cholamoid, and whenever Shabbos comes on a holiday, we start with Mizmor Ledovit, and then you do Now, one other thing is that during all the services of the Yom Kippur, we say the verse, Baruch Shem Kivod Malchus we say it out loud. Now, if you notice... The verse of Shema Yisrael is actually the follow the la, after Hashem Echad in the Torah. It comes Vahaya. No, uh, it, it is followed. Comes right after Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokin Hashem Echad. Then it's Vahafta Hashem Elokecha. We stick in the words of Baruch Shem Kavod Machus Eloelam Vod. Baruch Shem Kavod Malchus Eloelam Vod is something which Moshe Rabbeinu heard the angel says when he was up in the heavens, and that is a very profound prayer of praise to Hashem. We stick it in after the Shema Yisrael, but normally we say it quietly. A, we don't want to interrupt between the Shema and the Vahafta, but B, we don't want to sort of get in 
uh, the bad side of the angels because the angels, uh, it's something a secret that the angels use that prayer, Baruch Shenkved Machusel Olamvad. So we say it in an undertone. But in Yom Kippur, when we're dressed with white, we have our kittles, we have our white on. We're like angels, we're fasting, we're not eating. Angels don't, don't eat, so we're not eating and we're fasting. So we want to be like them, so therefore we say, Baruch Shenkved Machusel Olamvad, we say it out loud. Uh, now, after the Shemona Esrei, um, we do some of the Friday night service. We do Vayichulu, which we do usually after we finish the Friday night service. We do Morgan Ovis, and you say Hamelech HaKodesh because of the 10 days of Teshuvah, say Hamelech. And you complete, and you say Mekadesh HaShabbos. And you do not say anything about Yom Kippur over there because that prayer is specifically just for Shabbat. Because Friday night services has that prayer. It has nothing to do with Yom Kippur. That's why we just say Mikadesh Shabbat. And um, and then we we start with the regular uh, regular service that follows the uh, Yom Kippur Kol Nidre services and. Since it's Shabbat, as we just learned before, we don't say Avinu Malkeinu. We don't say Avinu Malkeinu. All of Shabbat, we don't say Avinu Malkeinu. So therefore, all the Avinu Malkeinus, only by Ne'ilah will we once again say Avinu Malkeinu. Huh? Because it seems like by the end, that's a good question. You know, it seems like by the end already, the day is almost over, it's almost the next day. It's almost over, it's already the end of the day, so I guess it's okay. And I think you probably want to say at least once, so you say that you leave it for the end and for one time. You don't really want to do it that much, so you do it once. That's probably the reason. I have to look it up exactly, but that seems like to be the reason. Then you do the prayer of the David Mizmar, um, which is, um, in the Chabad tradition, as it brought down earlier, we don't actually say it verse by verse, but in us we do say it verse by verse over here. Just it's the people are used to that. Um, several things we do in our shul over here is not exactly... Uh, way it says, but it doesn't necessarily like like uh, like we 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 when we do the when we take out the ark the arm the ark we turn towards the community and Chabad we stay towards the arm Kodesh we don't release but you know people are used to that and they're comfortable with that it's not such a big deal you know uh, so you do it a little bit different it's not something it's something major um, so do David then you do again because it's also Friday night. Then you say four chapters of Tehillim. Uh, um, then you, which is the chapter one through four. Uh, and, um, and then you say, and he says that when you say Hashem's name, you have to intend as it's be vowelized in the word, uh, in the word bivris, uh, uh, um, as in the like take a look exactly what it means. They do a Kaddish Yosem, and it was instituted by the Rebbe, very interesting, uh, to go ahead and do the entire Tehillim after you finish the Yom Kippur services. This has been instituted by the Rebbe. And actually, even though you just said one through four part of the davening, you'll start all the way from the beginning. Then the reading of the Shema uh, that you do at night is like every Shabbos in Yontev. The only thing is, Baruch Shem, again, you're going to do with a loud voice. We don't do Tachnun 
and al chait. That we don't do in the before you sleep. You say the nine, the additional nine tilim to end up the whole tilim. You do chapter kuf chav dalat to the kuf lamed base one twenty four through one thirty two. Uh, one who has to eat on Yom Kippur for health reasons, you must eat on Yom Kippur. So then he says, then you don't make kiddush. You don't make kiddush like you can think you make kiddush. And you don't have to have a double bread like a lecha mishnah like you would in Yantav. Uh, but you do say in the blessing in Birkat Amazon, you say Yala Viyavo, like you would say, uh, and you would say, Biyom Akipurim Azeh, Biyom Slichasavan Azeh, Biyom Yikrokhidish Azeh. We educate the children, uh, those who are healthy, that can do it from the age of nine. And those who are not as, not a little, uh, weaker from the age of 10 to fast at least for some hours of the day, not the whole fast day for the other. Uh, and in our days, uh, we don't, we're not particular that those who are 12 or girls that are 11 to fast all days. There is such a tradition that once they reach 12, they should fast the whole day. The Rebbe says in our days, it's not because we're considered to be like weaker. We don't have the kayak, you know, we have all the, bad air that we're breathing and all the chemicals that we're eating and all the bad stuff that we're doing. So we get a, um, a dispensation. We don't, we're not in that category. Um, he says that, uh, he says that people have a tradition to, uh, prevent from the children on the night of Yom Kippur, uh, to eat. Uh, even they need to eat like babies or things like that. You prevent them, you know, you put them to sleep without it. He says, this is a big mistake. He says, this is a mistake in their hands and this is not something that they should do. Uh, children who need to eat on, uh, on Yom Kippur, so, uh, you may, you gotta supervise them. They shouldn't just overeat, you know, eat, you know, they have to eat what they have to eat. And also that they should make the blessings properly as they should do. Uh, one who uses the facilities on the night of Yom Kippur after the davening. Uh, so he advises you uh, that you should actually, you know, touch areas that are covered so that you would need to wash your hands until the where the fingers touch your hands um, so that you can later on make Asher Yotzar, the blessing that after leaving the facilities with clean hands. But in the daytime, uh, it's sufficient just if you do your needs, even if you're just going for uh, for number one, uh, day to, to wash your hands because you have to daven afterwards. See, the difference is when you have to daven uh, afterwards, uh, then you have to wash your hands. So it's you're gonna so to make dasha yotza, you don't have to touch them. But here, when you're going to sleep, you technically don't have to. Uh, uh, wash hands. You can say the, so in order to say the blessing of Asher Yotzar with clean hands, um, you should, um, should do that. That's what he says. Now, in the morning, okay, we'll just do one more piece here. In the morning, you should wash your hands again. Usually, we'll try to wash the full hands in the morning, but in this case, you should wash your hands only to the place where your fingers come to the hand, to touch the, with the connected hand. And after you wipe your, hands, you can uh, move the uh, towel over your eyes to remove the chevle uh, shena, the sleepy, the, uh, and if your eyes are ever dirty, uh, you are permitted to wash them down uh, to remove, just to remove the uh, dirt, but not more than that. 
Uh, that goes with the not bathing on Yom Kippur, on uh, the prohibition of that. And the Levim and the Kahanim, so the Levim that have to wash the and the Kahanim, they are allowed to wash, they wash all the way up till the they wash the full hand because that's the mitzvah for them. And we don't make the blessing of Sha'asuli called Tzorki. Uh, that's the, uh, in the morning prayers, one blessing you make for putting on your shoes. That means he's done all my needs. But we don't do that. We don't do that till the next day. Even if you're going to put on your shoes later on, we're not going to do that. We're going to do it the next morning. Uh, 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 he says like this, anyone he quotes here that anybody who has in mind when he starts in the first the morning in the pre-prayer prayer over there, there's the prayer of Adon Elam. So Rabbi Yudah Chosid and Rabbi Goin, Rabbi Shur Goin, they wrote, he says, I am, uh, if you have intention, he says, I will guarantee that your prayer will be heard. And the Satan won't criticize your prayer. And nothing is going to come out and Rosh Hashanah, your keeper in your prayer and your enemies will fall before you. So, basically, in the first, very first prayer of the day, before davening, to say that Adon Olam, to say that master of the world, uh, for um, Adon. All right. Okay, we'll leave it over here. We shall continue. Let's, let's continue with the customs and traditions for, for Yom Kippur. Uh, yesterday, uh, we discussed the fact that the, um, um, the uh, talus is worn at nighttime for Kol Nidre, and uh, the reason we wear actually the talus is because <laughs> we want to be compared to angels, and uh, and therefore it's different than just wearing a talus any other day, because you can't, you're not allowed to really wear the talus for the purpose of a mitzvah at nighttime, because since it's not obligated, you're like adding to the mitzvahs, so you shouldn't really be wearing a talus at nighttime, but the Yom Kippur is different because we do it and it's a known that we do it for the um, uh, comparison to the uh, uh, Malachim. Uh, there's another uh, prayer which is called Tefillah Zaka, uh, which some people say before Konidri, but we don't do it in Chabad. Um, does that mean remembrance? Huh? Is, no, Zaka is a... It's a to purify, but but that's I'm, I'm not sure we don't have it in our in our machzer. Um, the um, um, we also learned about the tradition yesterday to do the tehillim while uh, sitting a while uh, after after your after the prayer, and um, the Rebbe would sit and do the uh, uh, the tehillim uh, together with the community. Uh, after Yom Kippur, and then he would stand up and he would say the uh, Yerotzin that you normally say after the Tilim and Shabbos and Yontav. Uh, the um, okay, the various other things, but let's uh, let's let's continue over there um, with the traditions where we left off. Um, the um, he brings down here. Uh, you have the Ha'aderes v'ha'emuna, and uh, also the Piyut Likel Oirich Din, which you say in the repetition of the Amida and the Shachris, and it was the Rebbe's tradition to stand during those uh, 
those uh, liturgies. Uh, the um, um, he says we say Avinu Malkeinu uh, during all the services of the the day. Um, the, um, the the thing is like this that we don't say Avinu Malkeinu on Shabbos and Yom Kippur. Uh, so, um, because that's part of uh, the language of the of, of the bracha, the avinu malkeinu, the whole long avinu malkeinu, which is a subject by itself, uh, he brings down over here. But uh, the um, uh, in the sitter part of the blessing over there, that's in the that's in the repetition of the of the prayer. Uh, we we do say that uh, even though it's almost like avinu malkeinu which we don't say, but this particular avinu malkeinu we say that's part of the of the prayer. Um, and of course, at the end of Chazor Sashaz, because it's Shabbos, we don't say avinu malkeinu. Uh, then we do the Kaddish Tiskabel, the full Kaddish, the Shushal Yoyim, uh, which is Shabbos this year. and we do the Kaddish Yosem. Then we do the reading of the Torah, and we do three times uh, Hashem Hashem Kel Racham V'Chanun. We do Hashem Hashem, uh, even if it's an, even though it's Shabbos, because Yom Kippur is the main Hashem Hashem. That's when the Yidgim Mitzrachamim, and we do the Ribbon of Shalom as it's written in the Magzim. So now we take out two Sefer Torahs on Yom Kippur, and the first one we call Seven Aliyas. Uh, in the service of the day, in the portion of Tachadeh. So the reason, you know, usually you got it. The reason is because it's Shabbos. So that's why we read seven. Um, normally on Yom Kippur we read six. The way it goes, weekday three, Rosh Chodesh four, Yom Tov five, Yom Kippur six, and Shabbos seven. That's the way it goes. So three, four, five, six, seven. But because it's also Shabbos, you're going to read seven. And those seven are going to be in the section of Acharei Mois, which deals with the whole procedure of the Yom Kippur. And then you put the second Sefer Torah next to the first one, once you're done, and you say a half a Kaddish. And you do the Hagban Galila. In the second Sefer Torah you read in the portion of Pinchos Uba'osor Lachoydesh, which talks about the korban that you bring on the 10th of the month, which is the uh, Yom Kippur, Hagbog Lila Haftorah, and you do the uh, Haftorah from Yishayin and Zayin, versus Yudaltrun and Ches, Vomar Solu Solu. The reading of the Torah is uh, done in, with the tone, besides the special tone for Rosh Hashanah Kippur, but not the Maftir, uh, and also when you announce V'yazir V'yogin, you do V'yazir V'yogin, V'yashilachol HaChosim Boi, V'noimar Omein. So you do that all with the tone of the special reading. Uh, and uh, that's how we call up the people, we make the brachas, the mishaberach, everything is done in that kind, in that, in that tone. After the blessing of the Torah, because it's Shabbos, we do the Yukon Purkon, uh, both of them, the first and the second one, mishaberach. 
And then, of course, we have also Yisker. We have the Askaras, the Askaras Nisham, we have Yisker. Baruch Hashem. We still have to continue saying it? Uh, well, I mean, she's still bruised from the surgery. Right. Okay, so you let us know when, when, when she's fully recovered. Baruch Hashem. So one who... Um, um, it's, it's, it's a little strange that the Rebbe points it out, but Yisker, we use uh, the mother's name in Chabad, not, not everywhere. Uh, we say such and such, the son of, 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 of his mother, or the daughter of the mother, and we don't do the father's uh, name. Um, that's, um, that's a little bit, uh, you know... Yeah, that's the only time we do it like that. Yeah. Uh, now there's also a, um, um, a tradition, and, and the Rebbe also mentions that, that it's brought down uh, from the previous Rebbe, that by Yisker, he also mentioned the souls of Tzadikim. You can also mention the souls of Tzadikim. And that's why some have the tradition to also mention the Rebbe and also the previous Rebbe's, uh, who they knew. Uh, this is a matter is uh, that it's mostly, uh, the Rebbe mentions, um, it's mostly to benefit um, the for the person saying it. It's more than for the person being said. But there is also uh, strength to those who is being said for. Um, as the Rebbe brought down, and um, I think the Rebbe some place mentioned a, a um, um, you know, appreciation uh, for having that in mind, if we could exactly. Um, now, um, people who fortunately have a mother and father, uh, one who has a mother and a father, both sets of parents, would go out during the saying a Scottish they would go out. Um, and Ovil, one who's in mourning, in the first year for his father's and mother's passing, remains in shul, uh, but does not say Yiskar. Uh, actually, the Rebbe actually uh, brings uh, down elsewhere uh, to say it in a um, in an un, uh, unconspicuous way, but the um, Rebbe's instruction was eventually uh, not to actually not to say it, not to say it, not to say the yiskar, because um, the reason for it is because the soul is already uh, is, is is still partially there. You don't have to remember; it's not direct not fully removed during the full year, the soul is partially there. So it's Yisker, but you don't want to say the Yisker. It's almost that it's fresh, it's right there. The Rebbe mentions elsewhere that you could say it, but, but in, then it in, uh, seems like at the end the Rebbe said not to those who, uh, uh, the first year, not to say it. When my dad died, also at a time I didn't say it. What they're saying is... 
You don't, if you want to say it under but you don't have to say it. But, that's but, but originally, but now the Rebbe seems to uh, later on have said, uh, ruled not to say it at all and finished, no, you know, not to say it. Yeah. This was a earlier thought, but then it seems like that, that, that was the conclusion. Um, we do Avarachamim, that's at the end after Yisker. Um, and Avarachamim isn't connected to Yisker, so even people that don't say Yisker do say Avarachim as we do every. Musaf, uh, Shabbos, we do over Rachman. Um, what happens if you have a bris on Yom Kippur? Um, then you would uh, make the bris uh, before Ashrei. Um, and that means uh, before you start Musaf for Ashrei, for Musaf. And uh, you'd make the bracha bor priyagofen, and you thank so agofen, and you would give. Uh, the baby uh, dropped from the um, so the bracha and he's tasting the wine uh, but you can't, other people can't drink it because it's a fast day uh, that will be besides when you give him because later on when you say we give him taste anyways um, now if the um, circumcision is outside of the shul, apparently if the circumcision is in the shul you do it before Ashri, before you return to Sefer Torah. So the Sefer Torah is there during the bris. But if the circumcision is outside of the shul, so you shouldn't leave the Sefer Torah out for all the time. You bring the Sefer Torah back into the Aron Kodesh before you leave to the shul. Um, then you have the prayer of Nisan Tokiv, which is a very special prayer of Yom Kippur. Uh, also, um, the Rebbe would stand during that uh, piece and... Um, the uh, the way it's done is uh, amongst the the most uh, the Chabad shuls. There's various different ways how these pieces are done, but the shliach tzibul starts first, and uh, it says on sanet and the community says the two pieces until umiyorum, uh, which means you do the whole basically the whole piece till. Which is a response, and then the Shliach uh, Tzibur, he starts from the piece Bakoras Roye Edroy until Miyorum. And then the community says, And then the Shliach Tzibur repeats that with a loud voice. And then the community says, And the Shliach Tzibur says, or at least he concludes the piece loud. And then the community says, And the Shlich Tzibur repeats that with a loud voice. And then the community says, In Kitzvah, till the end. And the Shlich uh, Tzibur finishes that piece out loud. And then we do Keser. Now we do... Um, Korim. Then we're going to do the Korim. So he says that um, you prepare um, um, um He says, we prepare a towel to separate so that your 
when you touch your face, it shouldn't be actually touching the ground. But I'm seeing here, that's to uh, make an interruption uh, when you say between your face and the ground. Now, there it seems to... Uh, the... Um, See, it's not clear over here. It seems to say in some places that if there is a wooden floor, like we have here, then you don't really need an interruption between the your face and the and the floor because it's a it's a wood. It's only talking about if it's a stone, so no, a carpet also carpet probably wouldn't need that either. Uh, I mean, I'm looking here in the footnote over here. He says uh, the um, and then yeah. So he's talking about. Um, um, he says that um, according to the Kabbalah, there needs to be a separation between the uh, your forehead and the floor. Now the question is, that's right. So if it's a wood, that may be the interruption. Then you don't need another interruption because the wood is the is the interruption. But if it's made out of cement, or it's the ground of the floor, or dirt, then it's different. Then you would need that separation. Okay, but this is not... There were dirt floors, yeah. So, but certainly in the old days, in all the old places, they didn't pour cement in all the floors. It was dirt. So they put a towel. But it says, according, the bottom line is, according to the Kabbalah, there needs to be an interruption between your head and the floor. The question is, what is considered a floor? Uh, yeah, so the question is, what is the floor? Does it constitute? Is the wood itself a... But get away from all questions. Have uh, something and put it in between your head and the uh, floor. We don't pass them up, no. Oh, really? Yeah. No, actually, to kneel on, we don't need... Uh, we don't... It's not our tradition to kneel on anything. We can kneel on the floor. The, this is only meant for a separation between your forehead and the floor, but not for kneeling. Me kneeling, we don't use something to separate. Um, uh, the uh, order of the avoidum, that's the special uh, recitation of the entire service, the way it took place with the Kohen Gadol. Uh, in the earlier years, I guess... Uh, uh, when the Rebbe was was able to, I guess, uh, he would stand during the entire Seder Avodah. Uh, would only sit down after Koyul Hanimtach. But I guess later on, he, he would sit. He would sit. Depending who your chazan is. Ato Koinanto. So he says, the way you do it is, we say, Ato, and you make a sword, and they say, Koinanto, Lamcho. Um, and um, he says, this is brought down from the Sikha, you say, Ato, and then you say, Koinan, Toi, Lomcho, Mikedem. He says, um, he says, when we say in the Seder Avoida, uh, over there we say, Chotu, Pavu, Poshu, Bnei Yisrael. So, this is talking about He's reciting what took place over there. Uh, he's reciting what took place over there during the time 
of the um, of, of of what the what the coin would say. He would say, "Well, your nation Israel have sinned of a The Jewish people have sinned." That's what the Khan would say. But he says it's fitting uh, to compare, to think we are those people. Even though we're talking about those people that the Kohen Gadol would atone for them, we are those people. And therefore, it's proper, he brings down to bang on your chest when you're saying Chotu Avu Pashu, because even though it's telling a story about somebody else, but we're thinking about it as ourselves. Is that what we do every morning, those two times? In the what do you mean? Part of the service oh, that's what we do when we do a Shamnu, we bang our chest. Oh, maybe right before. Yeah. When, but here we're, we're talking about specifically because this is talking about the Jewish people at that time and it's relating the story, but we're trying to say normally we're doing about ourselves. We're saying we have sinned, so that's, that's, that's easy. That's, that we should bang. We're saying even though we're relating a story about something else, still we'll be doing that. Uh, when you say Ba'akohanim, which you're going to do Kriya, the Rebbe would stand up. Uh, even in those play tight years when the Rebbe would sit during the Seder Avay, they would get up for the. Uh, this is the way uh, the previous Rebbe told the Rebbe to do uh, uh, Kriya. He told him like this In the beginning, you go on your knees and your toes. And then, you go on your. Um, actually, not on all your toes, on the big toes, on the big toes. So the big toes, and on your knees, and then on your uh, thumbs, the good limb of his hands, and uh, you bow down. You get up from your knees, uh, uh, go to the other, and then you. Armishtachabe. With your with your forehead, you touch the ground, and you remain uh, on. uh, No, he says. Basically, what he says is that at some point, when you touch the ground, you actually lift your knees from the ground. So you're basically all prostrated. That's called prostration. You're You're prostrating. Uh, so your forehead is on the ground, and you're basically standing on your toe, on your thumbs, and on your uh, big toes, and you're on the ground. That's the way you remain. That's the way you okay. remain. That was right. in the days when they didn't wear shoes; they only wore socks. Right. Okay, or you wear sneakers. Yeah, sneakers, you do one foot the whole. The tongue. Oh, you're right, okay. So again, um, so the, the way you actually do the bowing is that you raise your knees from the ground and then you're on your uh, thumbs and on your big toes and your, fe- and your head is, on, is touching the ground. How are you supposed to get up? I mean, what, it doesn't say, especially getting up. Getting up is probably, you can go back on your knees, I guess, and then get, get yourself up. I don't, this doesn't say, an, doesn't say an order in getting up, it's only an order in getting down. After most of you say, tell him, chapter 20, 
and for the month of the tenth of Chodesh, and the chapters one thirty three through one forty one. That's the nine chapters, and you say Kaddish Yosem. In between Musaf and Mincha, you make an interruption, if possible, at least the three quarters of an hour. We do a little bit more than that. Uh, uh, then you do uh, uh, Mincha. Mincha, you do Vaidaber, Ketoris. We do not say Ashrevolitsian and Advanis philosophy, which we usually before Mincha, because we'll do that before Neila. And Mincha, the reading of the Torah, you use the uh, regular um, uh, trop, not the special for Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. Uh, we do not do Duchanink during Mincha. And uh, the Shlich Sibra would just do Alekein of Alekei Avisenu. Uh, and Mincha, we do on any, any fast day, but no Birchas Kohanim. We don't do Avinu Malkeinu, we don't do the verse of Tzitkoscha, we do Kaddish Tzitkabel, Dovda Shemari, Kaddish Yosem, and we don't say Oleinu. Yes? The Mincha of Yom Kippur, do we read the Torah for the next Shabbos? Not at all. We read a special one for Yom Kippur. Is it the Yonah? same one from the morning? No, Yon, uh, Yonah, the Yonah is not the real Torah, that's the Aftorah. Well, oh, so the Aftorah is the Yonah, right, yeah. So, so the portion of the Rifi uh, on the Torah reading and the Aftorah, is it the same as the morning one? No. It's a different part. But you know what? It's, it's, it's surprising that he, this guy who writes this that I'm reading from, he won't go through and tell us what we read on Mincha. He went through everything that we read on day. But we do read the section of... of, 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 of uh, Achrimois and that Achrimois, and then we do the after of Yonah, as 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 you said. He makes it uh, he makes it bekitzer over here. He makes it uh, he makes it short. He doesn't go through elaborates all the things. Um, Neila, uh, when is the right time for Neila? Is when the sun is on the top of the of the trees, which means close to the beginning of the sunset. It's, uh, uh, before Ashra, you open the Oren. It remains open until after the Tkia, which is in the uh, Kaddish towards the end over there, that um, that Kaddish Olam. Uh, in the uh, in the half a Kaddish that precedes Neil and the Kaddish Skab that follows, we say Le'ela u Le'ela Mikol. We don't say it during the rest of the time. I mean, everybody, a lot of people say it all the time, but we only say it by Neila. By Neila, we substitute Chosmenu for Kosvenu. Chosmenu means let's be sealed instead of be written. Or Vachasoim instead of Vachasoiv. Or Nizocher Vinachosim instead of Nizocher Vinachosim because now we're talking about being sealed for the, for the good on Yom Kippur. And in the Ila we say Shaboso is like by Mincha. And, uh, and then there's a prayer that says Ayom Yifna, the day is removed. Is, 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 is leaving, you know, last prayers, but we would say that prayer, even if the sun has already set, you would still say that. Uh, the, in the Piyut Hashem Hashem Eskelokimamoya, he says, it seems that you, he says, the thing that you only say Yud Gimel the first time, and not as a, uh, not as in between, I think by us in the Machzor, it is like that. Um, uh, uh, the Rebbe Rashab used to say, uh, it would say, uh, with an interruption before the word Tiftach. So it says, 
and then and uh, uh, so and then tiftach not tiftach and then tiftach you should open up not that. Open up for us. It's not part of the request. It goes above. Now you don't do duchanik. Also, not even if there's still time. Uh, the day is still there. We do avinu malkeinu, even when it is on Shabbos, as this year, and we say chosmenu, and. Um, we'll finish up here with the customs for the uh, Yom Kippur. Um, so we. Um, at the last Kaddish Tiskabu, uh, uh, when you say, in the middle of the Kaddish, when you say the Imru Amen, uh, there is tradition that we sing the song of Napoleon's March. That's what we call it. So that's what we sing. That's sort of a song of victory. They call it Napoleon's March. That's a song of victory after Yom Kippur. That we have actually succeeded in winning a good and blessed year for ourselves and our families. After we do that, we blow the uh, tekiah. We blow the tekiah shofar. Now, uh, mentioned yesterday, I believe that uh, one is technically permitted to blow the shofar even during the Bain Hashemashot. Bain Hashemashot is the time, it's called twilight. That's the time in between sunset and when the stars comes out. So that's sort of in between. That's called the Bain Hashemashot, the twilight. However, uh, he says that it happened by the Rebbe that sometimes they finished in the shul where the Rebbe prayed earlier before it says and then the Rebbe would extend the song of Avinu Malkeinu until and the march until it actually the stars came out. Um, one of these reasons seems to be that um, maybe the Rebbe did so he wanted to make sure that it's Shabbos Yom Kippur is over but the general congregation is under the assumption that the blowing of the shofar is the end of the fast. So we worry if you blow the shofar in Ben Hashemashot, other people may think the fast is over and they'll break their fast already. I mean, you told me the way they do it in the other, in the temples, the way they do it, that's where they blow it later. But the blowing of the shofar is sort of a sign to the people that the fast is over. But if you would blow it in Ben Hashemashot, then it would not, uh, not, not, people could make a mistake. Um, I personally, I know that, you know, people who are fasting. Uh, some have a very hard time fasting, you know, it's not, and it's not something which you can take lightly. Um, one shouldn't just procrastinate or make people fast any longer than they need to fast also. So, personally, again, that's what it says over here, but personally, it says, uh, it says that, um, it seems to me that um, for the benefit of those people that are fasting, uh, if you're going to wait with blowing of the shofar till after Tzai then you got to say the rest of the end of the prayers before Mariv. That can take like a good 10 minutes also. 
So, um, you know, the Tehillim, and the Kave, and Kalakenu, and the Kadeshim, and uh, what follows the Davening until you get to Mariv. So, um, I'm not sure if in all situations uh, one should wait if the community and the people are having a hard time with the fasting over there. But, again, that's the way it was done by, by the Rebbe. Um, then when uh, the following Yom Kippur, uh, the, um, um, the one who leads the services, um, the Rebbe comments, there is a custom that the one who leads the services on the Motzi Yom Kippur, and the Marev for Yom Kippur, should be a person that has a mother and father, which means has parents. Uh, says, I haven't seen that. And in our shul, this is not the custom, so you know, anybody can go over. Um, I mean, that would make a difference. Uh, you know, people who lead services because they're in a year of mourning, so they would lead the services on the Motsuyim Kippur as well. And uh, uh, that would be just like any other Mara. I mean, it's not Yontem anymore, so they would lead that also. The Mariv and Havdallah, uh, you still keep your kettle, you don't take it off, and you keep also the talus, but you put on your hat. In other words, you roll down all over your shoulders and you put your hat on, and uh, the talus is on the shoulders. Uh, now, we know we have to change back during the 10 days of Teshuvah, we say HaMelech HaKodesh HaMelech HaMishpat. What happens if by Mariv of Yom Kippur, and you make a mistake and you say you don't have to uh, go back it's, it's, it's okay but if you say uh, uh, then you would go back to Melech Oizer yeah what? so it's a Chabad custom to win the towers for Mayer yes yeah yeah now um so technically, in yeah. this case, you're wearing a talus on, on, at night again. Yeah, but that's a continuation. Nobody knows. We're, we're just continuing from the daytime. We didn't put on the talus then. We had the talus on the whole day, yeah. and we didn't take it off. I mean, the people that even the people that take it off, they don't take it off before the end of Nihila, which is already the nighttime anyways. So well, they don't take it off. You're saying it really sometimes... In the twilight, you mean? Yeah, but we, we, we wouldn't put on a towels in twilight either. Yeah. I mean, uh, we won't. I, the blowing of the shofar, just so you know, uh, blowing of the shofar, even on Shabbat or even on uh, Yom Tov, um, would not really be a violation, a, a clear violation of the Shabbat and the Yom Tov because uh, it's considered mostly Uvdin the Choyl, you know, doing a an instrument like that would not, it's, it's called, you don't do it, but it's, it's, it's like weekly activities. It's not like a full violation, it's a category less. So that's why during twilight, which is not certainly yet, maybe nighttime already, so that's why that's allowed in a place when you gotta do it for the mitzvah of blowing over the shofar. But it looks like the Rebbe was careful to do it after Tzesek HaChavim, and um, the um, the um, um, but the talus is is, is is still worn. Continue to wear to you continue to wear it. You just 
don't take it off. You wouldn't put it on. If you took it off, you wouldn't right. be putting it on. But if you took it, took, have it on, you continue uh, holding it. Um, the um, if you say zochreinu lechayim, you go back and you say malachoyzer. And if you say v'chosveinu v'sevrachayim, then you would finish your davening, and you'd have to daven again b'teres nedova. Okay, those are when you make a mistake. Uh, on the end of Yom Kippur, uh, we would say uh, we say good yontif. We say it's still it's good yontif. Um, in in the custom was in in, in the city of Lubavitch, they would announce this in the uh, in the, the shul. Um, uh, what happens? Um, you know, you put on before Yom Kippur, you put on a light for before Yom Kippur and. A yard side light. What happens if it um, if it extinguished during Yom Kippur? Uh, you just, so you didn't really light for Yom Kippur. You wanted to light. You wanted to burn all Yom Kippur. But what happens? It went out for some reason. So the way to fix it is by uh, lighting it on Matzah Yom Kippur, and you let it totally burn itself out until the end. Um, and the also one should accept upon himself. That every after Yom Kippur, don't uh, put it out at that point when Yom Kippur is over, but let it finish, let it burn out. Not him, not anybody else. Should let it burn. Again, nowadays people let it burn out anyways. Mostly use a yard site, something like that. But in the olden days, I guess when fuel was expensive, lighting was expensive, so they just use Yom Kippur, and after Yom Kippur they put it out so they can use some more of the light for other purposes. But in this case, since you're trying to correct, he says not to uh, put it out anymore and just let it burn out uh, fully. Um, generally, we know the fast of Yom Kippur is 26 hours, actually, because, you know, really, if you calculate it, it's not really 26 hours, but the the... There's something, 26 is the numerical value of the name of Yud Vafke, Hashem's name, is 26, the gematria. So they wanted to match that, but um, this could be, could be uh, lenient, do a little more than 25 hours, so meaning that you're almost, you're already in the 26th hour, even though, uh, technically 25 is pretty reasonable because by the time if you look at the time you start till the end, it's almost 25 hours because you have to start before Shkia and you end after this Chav. So it does come out to approximately 25 hours, a little less. But you wait, this is the fastest for 25 hours. Um, before you do Havdalah and before you do the Kiddush Levana, uh, you should wash your hands three times up till the uh, wrist, because in the morning you only wash till where your fingers connect to your palm, and here you should wash three times up to your wrist, just as you would wash on a regular weekday, but don't make a bracha. Also the kohanim, who already washed their hands for uh, Nesiyah's kapayim, would wash until, again, again to the wrist, even though uh, if they already washed it in such a way, still they do it again, uh, as in this above manner. Uh, then the Havdalah, we use wine, and because it's Shabbos, yeah, because it's, uh, you know, we use uh, Besamim, uh, the spices, and 
we use the candle, the nair, we always use the candle, and then you make the havdalah. Uh, and then we specifically make the bracha on a nair that hasn't been lit since before Yom Kippur. That's the called Ner Shavas. It was lit from before Yom Kippur. It was all Yom Kippur. You didn't you didn't work it. You didn't light it on Yom Kippur. I mean, sometimes you know, impermissible ways. It should be, you know, you don't even want to put a match on. You want to use that light that was on. Um, and um, if you um, when you do have dollar, if you make it have dollar home, so what you would do is you would light another additional flame from the nair that rested in the house, and you make a bracha on both of them because you need the two. But if he doesn't have in his house that a lamp that has stayed over uh, since Yom Kippur, so you should bring one from the shul and he should light another one and then make a bracha both of them. But if it's impossible, uh, he should make a bracha on a nair uh, that was lit, lit from the uh, light of the shul. I'm not sure exactly. What does it mean here? So, um... Yeah, no, we don't want to strike a match. Now we know that, but he says. But it's after it's over, right? Yeah, in his this is one in in shul. In shul. Um, he says like this. Um, he says you make the blessing. Um, uh, in home, you make. You light another one for Shul, but when it is in the Shul, it is Knesses, and then you light Neshul Yom Beis Knesses. We are looking at our Rosh Hashanah. We are sure. Welcome Neir Shuhudlak Meneir Beis Knesses. I guess the light of the Beis Knesses, even if it wasn't, didn't rest. I'm not sure exactly what it means here. Now the, it says that the the previous Rebbe would make. It would be particular to make Havdalah by himself, uh, this one. And um, all year round, uh, we don't give others to drink from the leftover of the cup of Havdalah, uh, uh, unless they made also Birchus Amazon. But as opposed to Yom Kippur, you could give. He says, after Havdalah in the Shul, uh, you make uh, Kiddush Levana, again, uh, with, with a gartel, with a sitter. But not with your, necessarily with your talus and kittle. And it's fitting to wash one's face and to put on the shoes beforehand. And you'd say, V'yitn And the meal after Yom Kippur is considered an important meal uh, that you prepare in a wide way. It brings down good physicality for a year. You dip the piece of mochi in honey. But you also place, yeah, you also place salt on the table. Uh, you do not make the blessing until the next morning uh, and in that evening you occupy yourself or at least you start, start speaking about making the sukkah and the Rebbe said uh, most people the sukkah, building the sukkah 
most people, including me, uh, are not particular to do it in actuality, but we we fulfill our obligation. We talk about the sukkah. We don't actually start building the sukkah then. Uh, it says, uh, in one of the years they saw when the Rebbe uh, went, or the evening, went home, as soon as he went into his room, uh, before even he took off the kittle, he went over to the bookcase, he took out a Mishnayis tractate sukkah, and began to study the laws of sukkah. That was the occupation <laughs> in sukkah that the Rebbe did. The Rebbe's occupation was that he went and he studied the laws of sukkah. Okay.